Hello, welcome to Why Not Me. In life, we face many trials and obstacles, many challenges, and in the thick of it, we can be tempted to think, why me? But every obstacle presents an opportunity and every trial can bring triumph. So I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of, why not me? When, when in the middle of it, when things are tough, look around and think, why not me? It's, it's happening for a purpose. And then when success is at your doorstep and all you have to do is open it, you may find yourself hesitating, questioning, is this for me? Do I deserve this? And I wanna encourage you to adapt a mindset of why not me? Throw the door open wide, shout to the world, why not me? Embrace your success. I'm your coach, Todd Halls. I'm grateful to have you on this journey. Welcome to Why Not Me. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Why Not Me? Turning trials into triumphs, seeking and embracing success. I'm your host, Coach Todd Halls. I am super grateful to have you here, super excited to be with you today, and very, very excited to, to have our guest with us. Uh, today, we've got Mr. Tracy Brinkman with us, and I'm, he's, he's an entrepreneur. He, he's got a lot of life experience and is going to just add a ton of value. I'm going to let Tracy give us the background and tell us a little bit about himself. Tracy, take it away. Hey, Todd. Thanks so much for having me on your show. First off, I want to I want to go there. Oh, my gosh. Take it away. You know, like you said, I got uh, 50 plus years on this big blue spinning planet. And uh, I've had what some people will call if my if my life was a roller coaster, I've had three big dips that have been, I'll call them life-changing moments. So uh, right out of high school, I jump into the military for six years. My my father was a 23-year veteran of the United States Army. So I grew up all over the U.S. And, and spent six years as a kid in Germany. So when we settled into Southern California, I went from, you know, all this amazing structure in my life to probably the most liberal place on the planet, let alone on, on, on the United States, right? Uh, so, you know, started going down, hanging around with the wrong folks and figured, okay, this is not a good path to go. <laughs> so I, I joined back in the military and went back to Germany for six years, uh, came back out and went back to Southern California. And uh, the entrepreneurial bug had bit me. I, I, I've been a hustler for as long as I can remember as a kid, you know, selling pencils. I could draw, so I would sell drawings. You know, I painted cars as a teenager, installed stereos, all nine yards. So when I get out of the service, um, I open up a, a computer consulting business, uh, programming consulting, and uh, was doing pretty well. You know, I was uh, programming databases for preferred provider organizations. And this is, to, to date myself, this is right as the dot-com boom is really starting to happen. So there's, there's a need for it. Mm -hmm. Now comes the big dip in the roller coaster number one is because I had this cash. I started hanging out with another level or another side of, uh, of the streets of Los Angeles. And uh, I got into the drug scene pretty deep for a couple of years, even to the point where I was selling the product to support my habit. And it became, um, it, it became all encompassing in my world. And it got to the point I was out, probably doing this three or, and I'm going to be honest, a, a three or four day party binge. And I came back to find the front door of my condo had been kicked in. And, you know, when you're in that world, you think, okay, I got robbed. It's, it's, it's nothing to think that, uh, come to 
the real come to the realization that it was the police that had kicked in my door. So what I had been doing and all the choices <laughs> had been that I had made had uh, gotten me on the radar screen of the of the police, and it's not you know not and not in a good way. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was that was a life changing moment number one. And I think the real thing for me was it wasn't so much. All right, uh, you know, I can outsmart the cops, but I had a three-month-old daughter, three or four months old, and growing up, my dad was always family first, family first, family first, and, you know, as I'm looking around my house, and it's just like you see in the TV, you know, furniture's tipped over, things are thrown everywhere, you know, Rice Krispie treats, and, and things are poured out all over the counter as they're looking for whatever they were looking for. Thank God they didn't find anything. But uh, it was that baby girl who wasn't there when this all took place uh, that uh, I was like, oh, my God, I can't do this to her. I wasn't worried about me. I mean, you know, if I ended up in jail, that was just me. So, you know, I went to my mom and dad and uh, I said, look, I, I need some help to uh, get uh, get my get my caca back together. Right. And uh, my mom and dad, God love them. Uh, you know, they stepped up and helped me take care of my uh, my child as I literally I didn't go to rehab. I, I did this cold turkey. I was in my bedroom, probably sleeping three or four days, just trying to, you know, get rid of the poisons in my body. Now. You'd think after all that, I would go back out there and start making money doing programming computers. Well, when you spend a couple of years, you know, doing the types of things I was doing, you get a kick in the head. And I mean that from the sense of your your self-worth, right, just takes a nosedive. Wow, I, I've been selling drugs for a while. I don't feel like I'm worthy of going out there and selling myself again. I've got to build up my self-confidence, my self-worth all over again. And I started doing that by just, you know, you know, doing day jobs. I worked at a warehouse for a while. I did some accounting work, you know, temporary office jobs. And uh, as I built up, you know, my self-esteem to the point where, okay, now I'm ready to present myself back to the marketplace. And that got me back into corporate America, and I landed a role at Coca-Cola. And that started my, uh, my corporate America climb. And so, and as part of that, uh, we end up, uh, and I say we, my, my daughter and I, we end up moving to Atlanta and, uh, everything's going great. And my second daughter is about to be born and, uh, she ends up coming a month early and she has what they call, what they refer to as a, a distended abdomen for you and me. When she was like in her third trimester, one of the uh, one of the arteries feeding her intestinal tract didn't fully develop. So where a normal baby would be born with, say, 200 centimeters of intestine, she was born with like 23. So she didn't have enough intestine to sustain life via eating food. And she went through about, oh gosh, six operations in the first three months as they tried to try different techniques uh, to, you know, give her enough intestine to, and then, and then stabilize her for an organ transplant. And they get her stabilized. Everything's going okay. And, uh, you know, as this is all going on, I'm going out and giving speeches to anyone who will listen. And if I'm honest, quite probably a, a few people that didn't want to listen about the benefits of being <laughs> an organ donor. Right. And uh, and 
as things start to happen, they, they realize that the, uh, the operation that she's going to need, uh, the best doctors for that are in Pittsburgh and we're in Atlanta. So mom and Krista, my second daughter, move up to Pittsburgh to, uh, to be near the doctors. So when the organs become available, everything can happen really fast. And, uh, you know, I, my older daughter and I are, are going up there, flying up there every once in a while to, you know, every weekend or two to visit. And, and if you're a parent, you'll understand what I'm about to say. When you see your child and something's wrong, you know it, right? Whether they're in a bad mood or whether they're feeling extra sick. You just, as a parent, there's something inside you going, there's something wrong here. And so when I went up one weekend to see her, I walked into her room and the, the spark was not in her eye. The smile wasn't there. And uh, just a, probably about a month prior, she had been dropped by one of the staff um, at the hospital and she hit her head pretty significantly. So she's already in a weakened state, you know, fighting off this uh, this issue she has. Now she's fighting this, you know, trying to heal this hematoma on her head. And, uh, you know, so I was so concerned that I literally, as the doctor was doing the rounds, I asked him, I said, so I have a question. If the organs were available right now, do you think she would survive the operation? And I got a lot of doctors speak, him and on, and literally took him by the coat, by the arm of his coat, and pulled him into a janitor's closet. And I said, look, it's just you and me. No administrators, no insurance companies, just mano a mano. And I re-asked the question, and I finally got the answer. He did not think she would survive. Okay, not the answer I wanted, but now I know. So the next question becomes, mm -hmm. do you think her health would improve to the point where she would survive? Eventually, the answer comes out. He did not believe so. And so the the choice and it's, you know, it's a very personal choice for whoever is forced to make this. But my choice was uh, she was on a respirator that was at that point keeping her uh, alive and breathing um, it, that if I was going to keep her here, I would be keeping her here for me. Right. That's selfishness. Right. And mm -hmm. I had lived through selfishness in my dark time, my drug scene, you know, it was all about me and I almost lost my daughter as a result of that. So now I'm thinking, okay, I can't be selfish. And so the decision was made. We, you know, disconnected her from the respirator, wrapped her up in her favorite blanket. And I sat in the rocking chair in her room and I rocked her to sleep one last time. And I have known many a person in this, uh, during my time here and quite a few of them, well, a number of them, I, I can say I don't like but I've never not liked someone so much that I would wish that pain on them. I just, I haven't. I've never met someone that I've dis disliked that much. And I, I threw myself into personal development and into my work because I knew I could go back to that dark path, right? And so, you know, and, and just medicate myself. I could self-medicate the pain away. But again, that would be that selfish part of me. So I was trying to learn from the dark things I had done in the past. And I was looking at that monster saying, look, I, I don't want to be you again. And how do I do that? And so that started my journey on the Zig Ziglar's, the Tony Robbins, the, the Jim Rohn's, you know, all those names that we've all come to, to know and love in the personal development field. Uh, and then as I got good at that, I kept using the platforms of speaking that I had uh, started while Krista was ill um, and the, the messages 
morphed over time from organ donation to personal development tactics and techniques and all the things I had been doing to, you know, keep my head on straight. And that led to me coaching folks and, uh, you know, starting a little personal development business and writing a, you know, a couple of books back then. And when I say writing books, I'm talking about, we're talking about like a hundred page, e- what we would call an ebook today. Back then it was, you, you would send it off in a PDF and what have you. But, uh, mm-hmm. so that was, you know, big dip number two mm-hmm. that happened. And about a decade later, I mean, things are going okay. Things are going pretty swimmingly, right? And uh, I started, as I'm continuing on my personal uh, development journey, I start realizing that the, the, the lady I'm married to is not right for me anymore, right? So when we first started off, right, it, we seemed to work real well. She wanted to be in control of everything. I'm like, okay, you control that. I'll take care of the work thing, make sure we got the money we need. But as I continued on my personal development journey, I wanted more control of the rest of my life, right? So I wanted to be a 50-50 partnership, and that's not what she wanted. And so that started, you know, some internal battles in the in the marriage. So we it started butting heads there and finally it came to the point you know all right we need to go our separate ways and that big battle because it wasn't just okay we all agree on this shake hands and move on there's a there's some ugliness that's got to be gone through before she agrees that this isn't going to work um and so that uh that was probably big you know a life lesson number three about all right you've got to stand up for who you are inside and stop letting people treat you the way or in any way other than the way you deserve to be treated. If that makes sense. It does. It does. There's a a lot to unpack. I was going to say there's Um, a lot to unpack there. (laughs) um, Well, let's, I, I can't, as you were telling me about your daughter, I can't, I can't fathom it. Yeah, um, as I, I a parent. So, uh, so, so anyhow, I'm, I'm I'm sorry you had to go through that. Um, truly, um, as, so when you came to the realization that this wasn't the right person anymore, that you you you'd grown, you changed, something had happened. Was it a gradual, little by little? How did that come to? Pass. You know, it was uh, it was gradual, little by little. I think subconsciously, until it got to the point where um, my youngest. So there was we had one more daughter between the two of us um, that uh, came into the picture after Krista passed away, and as she was getting older, and of course you're you're trying to pass on the life lessons. I was starting to do a lot more reflection, going, God, here I am trying to pass on these lessons, yet the very lesson of relationship, I'm not emulating that, right? And mm-hmm. that's that's where I was like, I, I got this big imposter syndrome going on inside me as a father. And, you know, and I would sit down and have chats with you, with my my, my daughter and say, it just, it isn't working, right? I And I, I told her, I, I said, in all honesty, I think the only reason that I'm still here is because I, I want you to have a mom and a dad, 
you know, together. And I was lucky enough to have both my parents all the way through, right? They get divorced and they, they were able to make it work. I think they were just right for each other. Uh, the two of us were not, you know, and I hate th- that you have to see that as a, a reflection of a relationship. And so as soon as she graduated high school and moved out on her own and started her, you know, her path of her life, uh, that's when we, that's when I said, that's it. We are going our separate ways at this point forward because I can't fake this anymore. It's just not. Mm-hmm. And to me, it wasn't just about me, right? Although I, to me, I that's the only thing I could control. It was about. It wasn't fair to her either to say, you know what, I'm not. I'm not right for you. This is just not right. So you need to go find that person for you because it ain't me. Yeah. Given those three major dips. Um, what would you, either what would you tell, or what do you wish somebody would have told you, you know, when when you're in the middle of it, when when the weight's on your shoulders, what encouragement would you give somebody that's experiencing that? You know, it's funny. Is it's it's a tough one, and usually folks going through it uh, are like, yeah, I don't think so. But for me, the the biggest benefit I ever had was to turn around and look the darkness right in the eye and not so much to try to say hey i'm gonna i'm gonna take you down but for me it was more like okay i went through that i lived it i can't ignore that it happened and i shouldn't ignore that it happened what can i learn from it right and, and you can learn all kinds of things if you put your mind to it so, okay don't you don't want to be hanging out with this kind of person or that kind of person you want to be true to yourself right whatever the lessons are in there you need to look at whatever dark turn your life has taken and figure out what can i learn from it and and and, and you want to ask that question in a positive manner like Oh man, why did that happen to me? That usually has a a negative connotation. If you're saying, "What can I learn from this to move forward?" Now you're going to start picking apart the pieces of your life. Say, "Okay, I became really good at uh, reading people." Unfortunately, I did when I was doing those dark things on in Southern California. I could read a person pretty good. Well, now I, I can take that in you know into coaching and into business and use that in a very positive manner. So you know even when you've done things you're not proud of, there's a lesson inside there that you can peel away and you know and put in your pocket and say, okay, that is a good thing that came out of something I really don't want to talk a whole lot about. Isn't it amazing how just a rephrasing of, of the question changes everything? Because it's so easy to get caught in the, well, why is this happening? Why why am I here? But to turn it into, a, what can I learn from this? Mm-hmm. How can I how can I use this to help others, right. to help myself? And it just changes everything. Just the mm-hmm. sun shines brighter. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it's such, it seems like it's so simple, but when you actually start going through it and start hearing what your brain is saying or your heart is saying, wherever you feel it coming from, and I know it comes from different areas for different folks, um, you, you're like, damn, why didn't I do this before? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, the last seven months, the last year, the last five years would have been much easier if I if I had just asked the question this right. way. You're looking around, and say, "Why didn't someone tell me this before?" 
<laughs> and, and I think oh. I think one of the weird things about that and it's like you probably can't see behind you, but I have a couple of bookshelves right back there. And they're, yeah. they're they are chock full of personal development books from from the eighties going forward. And sometimes I'll go back and pick up a book I know I have already read and I'll reread it either in part or in whole and I'll get new lessons from it. Well, the lesson was there the last time I read it, but I probably just wasn't receptive to it. I wasn't ready to hear it or that's not the lesson I needed to glean from it. But now when I reread it again, it's like, oh, well, I'm, I know all this other stuff. So now I'm ready for this next lesson from an exact same book. Isn't it amazing how the, the good works and I'm, that's subjective, but the, but the good books all seem to have that, that gift in them. Like we can go through them once and, and you'll take where, what you're ready for or what you need at that moment. Yeah. Um, you go back through them a year later. Sometimes it's, it's six months later or 10 years later and you get something new. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's amazing. So what, um, what book would you recommend right now to, to, to anybody listening? Number one, uh, number one go to. You know, I think, oh God, I want to get the right name for it. It's called the, I think it's the happiness quotient. Um, I went through that when I thought, oh my God, there are so many amazing tidbits in here. Let me show I'm pulling it up on my Audible. I've become a, a big Audible person over the years. Yeah. And it's it's got this big happy face on the book cover. So it's easier for me to find really real quick. Uh, I say that as I'm scanning down and I'm not finding it. <laughs> but it was this it was this amazing book where uh, where this guy in uh, in his collegiate studies studied happiness from an interesting uh, the happiness advantage by Sean Aker. But he started Sean studying Aker. happiness and its impact on not just scholastics, but, you know, on people, how they treated themselves, how they treated each other. And it's a really unique spin on, you know, positive. It take, I think it take, goes one step beyond, beyond just positive thinking. And it's like positive feeling. But it was a really cool, almost academic spin on it without being dry like some academic books can be. Yeah, I will check that one out. The Happiness Advantage. Yes. Sean Aker. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, so looking, looking you know, we're, we're, we're talking, you and I are talking live on the 4th of January. So we've got um, a brand new fresh year ahead of us. Mm -hmm. um, what, what are your what top three things, five things, what are you most excited for, for you, for your business in the, in the coming year? You know, uh, I think the big things I have, uh, that have that have me kind of wound up are, A, the opportunities. Uh, I have some probably like five projects in the hopper. Uh, and when I say projects, I mean like digital courses that will be coming out soon that are all focused on, um, well, they're focused twofold in, uh, in marketing via podcasts and then uh, helping people stop trading hours for dollars by taking that that amazing knowledge that they're they're probably sharing with a one-on-one -on -one scenario or a one-on-many scenario in, in group coaching opportunities where they can take that, turn it into a, a digital course, and then market it so now they can take that uh, that that one-on-one -on -one opportunity and level it up so that those those folks become their premium clients, if that makes sense. 
it does make sense yeah that's exciting i can't wait to see that <laughs> yeah and it's 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 really cool in what what i have uh, coming out before it is are going to be uh, marketing tactics but are also standalone courses so like the first one that's going to be dropping by the end of this month is going to be a a course about podcast guesting i'm coming on to your podcast to share you know some value with you and your audience hopefully they get value of what i'm saying um they can turn around and do the same thing and the cool thing about that is it's free and you build contacts and you make you build a bond uh, a lot quicker than, you know, sending those spammy emails out to a thousand people saying, hey, would you like to buy my course? <laughs> right. 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 Uh, so, and do you have, you've got a podcast now? I do. And what's your podcast called? It's called The Dark Horse Entrepreneur. The, uh, how, where did that name come from? <laughs> Well, uh, I, I'm a big fan of those folks that believe in themselves. They, they're, they're like, I have this idea, and I know if I tried it, it would be an awesome idea. But they usually have a circle around them of folks that are probably very well-intentioned saying, yeah, but it might not work, or yeah, but this, or yeah, but that, or remember when John tried his thing and he fell on his face and that made him mad and he got divorced, you know, they mean well, right? And so for me, a dark horse is that person that could win the race. And if they got to the starting gate and busted out and started running, they pro quite probably would win the race, but no one around them thinks that they will. All right. So hence I come up with the dark horse. And I think all of us at one time or another, we feel like a dark horse. Agreed. <laughs> and, and, and I think the feeling can come and go. Um, Absolutely. There'll, there'll be moments when, when you break out and you, and you do the thing um, and then as you as you look for a new opportunity or something else comes up, the, you're right, the, the, the yabbiters um, come around you again and, yep. and try and protect you. Um, yep. I think that's what it is. Like, are you sure you know what you're doing? Are you <laughs> sure you want to do this? Uh, and, yeah, then you need to repeat and break out again. Cool. Yep. I like that name. Yeah. And so, you know, we do like like we're doing here is so, we'll, we'll have an interview that will come out every week. And then I go and do short little uh, snippets like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to, to try and just, like you said, to help offset those yeah butters, to give you that, you know, that smack on the shoulder, the, 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 the rub on the, you know, on the chest or the smack upside the head to keep you moving forward. Yeah. So as an entrepreneur... Mm -hmm. and and a family man um and I, I don't know what your workspace is like but um your your, your daughters are grown now yep did you ever struggle with the balance i did and i struggled with the balance on both sides unfortunately so as you can imagine when uh, when krista passed away i threw myself like i said into work and personal development, which, you know, sucked up a lot of time. It resulted in some amazing, you know, rises in my corporate America journey. I mean, there was one stretch of time where I got five promotions in four years, which was awesome. 
However, I wasn't enjoying the benefits of that with my family. And uh, there, you know, there was one time uh, my uh, my wife and my two daughters at the time pretty much had a come to you know, had what, what what my dad would call a come to Jesus meeting, an intervention, right? Where I sat down, they're like, yeah. you know, we we like the fact that we have a nice house and all this kind of stuff, but we never see you. You know, you're you leave at oh dark thirty in the morning, you come home right about dinner time, and then you're like wiped out and. You, you never want to do anything. And so that was, you know, because it was my daughter saying this, I'm like, well, A, it's amazing. They, they, they took the the time to do the intervention. They, they had the guts to do it. And, uh, you know, so that, you know, that, that pulled me back you know, to the other side and say, okay, let me balance this out a little bit. Um, and it, it's tough, right? Because you gotta, you gotta figure out the balance, right? And, and keep moving forward. And I think, for me, one of the ways I did it was journaling. And uh, so I would keep my journal. One of the things I would always write down at least once a week, what were my top 10 goals? And then I could go back, you know, once a month and I could look at the what I had written to see if I saw something sneaking to the top that really wasn't, that was, you know, offsetting and going to steal too much from my ladies. And so that I could make sure I, you know, I, I made myself conscious of that and that I could start pushing it back down so that the girls and, you know, the family would come first and then the entrepreneurial and business opportunities after that. But, you know, I think the, the, the tough part is there are times when you have to say, OK, look, for the next week or two, I'm going to be in here and I'm just I'm going to be so buried. And then once I'm done with that then we can go back to normal. And if you can do that, right, and then reconnect to the balance, then then it works. But if you just stay to one side or the other, uh, you know, that pendulum swinging too far to one side or the other, that's where, you know, things start getting all jammed up. Yeah, and I think you make a good point in communicating what's going on. Because I think yeah. for, for the most part, we can see the coming weeks, months, like we know when we're going to be, yeah, you know, when we got the axe on the grindstone and we're going hard. Um, and, and I say this as somebody that has not always been great at this, just saying, hey, look, <laughs> we're coming into a season where it's it's going to be a little bit crazy. Bear with me yeah. um, and, and help keep me in check. Yeah. So, um, cool. You... You mentioned you were you're an artist. You did drawings when you were uh, a did. kid, mm-hmm. um, and and so as we as we've talked, you're an entrepreneur now. When 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 your daughter was uh, was sick, you 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 went on the road, started doing speeches. So, how has this creative bone? Um, mm-hmm. I'll call it a creative bone. How has that served you in business? You know, I think it's really served me as I always lean on it for problem solutions. And they don't always have to be problems, right? It could be, all right, how do I get my message in front of my my perfect customer, right? My ideal client or whatever. And being having that creative side inside there can start bubbling up those ideas. Well, you could do this. So you could, uh, you know, you could do reels on Instagram, or you could create these cute little um, videos and then publish them on Facebook. Um, of late, one of the things I did, I, I found this new app on my iPhone, and it's called Reface, and it allows you to take a picture of your face, and it will post it 
over the face of some, you know, iconic uh, uh, videos or iconic pictures. So there's a picture of me, or if you can picture uh, and uh, Luke Skywalker uh, more, more recently in one of the uh, Star Wars movies, and he's, you know, dressed up in his Jedi outfit and he's got the lightsaber. Uh, and so I'm putting my face over that and it's like Jedis are everywhere, right? What is your, you know, feel, and you could do all these cool things. So as people are scrolling through their feed, that would catch their eye and it would, what I call thumb stop them. And then they would just pause. And even if they just got a giggle, okay, well then now they've got a, a good association with me. So if they see something coming for me later on, they may pause again and actually, you know, pause and listen to it and like and comment it. So it's those kinds of creative things that kind of come out of, you know, being able to do that. Yeah. This past year, I, I know several handfuls of people that either have, have changed jobs and, and are working, you know, started, started their own business, whether it's a coaching business or, or um, digital marketing. Um, and some folks have, are still working for whatever company they were, but have started kind of a side hustle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there just seems to be, uh, seems to be more entrepreneurs in the space, I would say right now. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as somebody that's, that's, that's been an entrepreneur for a while, what question should we be asking ourselves or what, what should we be keeping top of mind in 2021? Um, I think the biggest question you can ask yourself is who am I? And, and you want to ask that to yourself because I think there's so many people out there saying, start with your why. Um, I think you need to start with your who. And the who is twofold. I think the who is who are you? Who are you as a person? You know, if you can't write that down, then that's your first exercise. And if if that means get out, go out there and find you a coach that helps you dig that up, then that's fine. You're going to do that. Because once you know who you are as a person, then you're going to start finding the gems that you can offer to who it is you're to serve. And that's the second who. Who is it do I think I can best serve? And here's what you'll probably find. The person that you can best serve is probably who you were yesterday or last year or two or three years ago, right? So the third person I believe I can best serve is the creative, but a little bit analytic, you know, guy that wants to step out on his own, but maybe he's a little afraid. He knows he can, like, he's that dark horse, right? He believes he can do it, but you know, the folks around them, they're like, uh, are you sure? Right. Are you sure you want to do that? Because you got a good job over here. It's paying the bills. It's giving you dental and all nine yards, you know? So who are you? And then who can you serve? I think if you can answer those two questions inside of that, you'll start finding your, the magic that you can bring because anyone can coach. Well, okay. Not anyone, but you know what I mean when I say <laughs> that, right? There's a lot of coaches out there, but there's no one that's going to coach the way you do. There's no one that's going to run your business the way you do, because if you know who you are and you bring you to the business, then no one can copy that. They can copy what they see on the surface and what what they see in the marketing, but what you do as a part of you and what you bring to your customer from your heart, they can't, they can't copy that unless they are you. For sure. Um, 
who am I first, and then who can I best serve? Uh, great, great things to be asking ourselves. Um, I've been, uh, I do Facebook Lives pretty frequently, and I've been talking a lot lately about about values, getting just getting your your personal values clearly articulated, getting getting them written down, yeah, um, because they're gonna they're gonna guide the ship. They're gonna they're gonna define who you are and, yeah. and, and then from there take get into life purpose etc super cool uh thank you for that for that wisdom absolutely as as we wrap up here um i'm, I'm sure there are folks listening that would love to know how to connect with you where to get in touch with you so where where's the best way that we can connect with tracy brinkman the easiest way and best way is probably to go to the website which is darkhorseschooling.com and when you go there, you'll see right there at the top of the upper right hand of the page there, you'll see all the socials are there, you know, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, and the whole nine yards. Please feel free to hook up with me on any one of those. I'm I'm on I'm like you. I do a lot of Facebook lives. Uh, and then there's the uh, the Facebook group, you know, the Dark Horse Tribe. Um, again, in, from the you can get there from the website. You can do darkhorseschooling.com backslash Dark Horse Tribe, all one word. And we come on in there and... Uh, Connect on a more personal level. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Tracy. Folks listening, please uh, go on over to darkhorseschooling.com and, and get connected. Uh, please uh, check in back here in a week uh, for our next episode. Thanks so much for listening, Tracy. I have nothing but gratitude for, for you and for your time. Thank you for sharing with us and, and your wisdom and the value you brought today. I greatly appreciate you. Uh, folks listening, I greatly appreciate you as well. Until next time, peace to everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. For even more on turning trials into triumphs and seeking and embracing success, go to toddhalls.life. That's toddhalls.life. And I look forward to serving you. Until next time, be strong, be bold, be humble, stay healthy, stay hopeful. Peace to you.